Welcome to the 2S Podcast with Gage and Mike. This is Gage, the philosopher. And this is Mike, the farmer. Welcome back to the 2S Podcast, farmer and the philosopher. Um, past couple episodes have been pretty controversial, and that's what we enjoy the most. Well, it's up there. Yeah. Pretty damn close. Between that and history. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this one will be controversial as well. I'll try and play devil's advocate. Yeah, but this one I'd say be gonna be a little bit different, just because we're both not we're in in the middle on it. Yeah, you know, we see both sides, both arguments, kind of on it. You know, we're not polarized like we were on, say, one and one or two of the last ones. Yeah, where it's like we're both on the same side, and we're like actually having to try hard to. <laughs> see where the other other side's coming from this one we can kind of see where they're coming from and what uh what bothers them because some some of the issues bother us too yeah and yeah, it's one of those things where it's it's not a a blanket argument like it doesn't cover it all because there are certain examples that argue for both sides and yeah. you gotta wonder is the information we're getting true that plays a role and is it this or that or is it the cause actually something else which completely changes the perception of it? Oh, 100%. But we'll get to that in just a moment. We'll start off with some quotes. All right. Well, I guess I'll go ahead and go first. So my quote is by General Douglas MacArthur, which he was a, an American general stationed in the Philippines during World War II, and then he was also the Allied uh, commander of forces during the Korean War. Hmm. So... He had some controversy towards the end of his career and the different things that he did and wanted to do. But pretty brutal things. He wanted to drop like a hundred and some nukes on China. It'd be a much different world today. Yeah. <laughs> and so basically Truman looked at him and told him, like, get out, you're fired. Or like, get out, go retire now. <laughs> you know, it's kinda like a uh I'm retiring, but it's not like you know. Forced retirement. Yeah, forced retirement. It wasn't his choice. Hmm. But yeah, so that that's one of the things about him. So he is kind of controversial in a lot of ways. He does kind of get some controversy for leaving the Philippines when it was being invaded. But <laughs> that is speculative. You know, it, was it his choice or did he have to follow orders? I mean, you know, there's many ways to look at it. Yeah. So, but I did like this quote. I thought it kind of... I don't know. I think it suits just today and age where it's everything's easy. So anyway, enough about that. It's age wrinkles the body, quitting wrinkles the soul. I do like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I liked it. That's why I, fig- I figured it'd be make a <coughs> excuse me, pretty uh, solid quote just for the fact of you know, it, it, in a way, it makes sense if you look at it like your body ages because you're using it, and it's, you know, it's get gets wore out after a while. 
but you know quitting wrinkles your soul and that aspect i view it as every time you quit you lose more drive you know like say you're gung-ho to go fishing you're gonna catch 100 fish we didn't even go out and you kept didn't even catch one but you're only out there for an hour you know and you quit you know the next time you're gonna be less likely to go fishing and it start to lose your self-esteem confidence yeah it breaks you down after a while it's a big psychological thing which psych is translated as soul so you think psychology is the study of the soul technically <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that i learned that yeah because it's just that's how I first <laughs> interpreted that as wrinkles your soul as in it messes you up psychologically. You're lying to yourself about, I can't do this. So you end up doing nothing your whole life and yeah, and takes a, takes something or a lot of effort to wake you up. Well, if we can look at an aspect of this podcast, how long do we talk about like, man, we should do a podcast about two hours and we did it. No, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, more like fucking eight months talking about it. Yeah, but we're still doing it. Yeah, and I mean, I wouldn't. We, we get okay views. We love every one of you that look, tunes in and listens. That's for sure. But all four hundred of you each week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure, but yeah. So. Yeah, I just message message that quote would be I'd say is just don't give up because you never know. So a lot of times vic- victory or com- completing your task is right there about the time you quit. Yeah, it's almost within arm's reach. And it'd be better to fail than just quit. Yeah, because at least if you look at it in that aspect, you fail, you learned what not to do, and you still have the the drive in yourself that, Hey, I can try again. Like I, yeah. I completed it the first time and failed, but I can complete yeah. it again. Yeah, as opposed to, I just gave up. I didn't even finish it. It's like going deer hunting. You know, I, I know I'm using examples I can think of, but you might have a better one, but you know, you go out there you sit all day, freeze your ass off in the snow, rain, cold, whatever. Don't see a damn thing, but you can honestly look at yourself and be like, I tried. You know, I sat all day and didn't see a deer at all. So in your head, it's kind of a, it it kind of holds your uh, self-esteem because at the end of the day, you kind of figure, you know, it it probably wasn't my fault because I did give it my best effort. I went out there, I did everything I was supposed to do. I sat there all day or I, you know, whatever, and then see nothing. Right. Versus going out for an hour and like, man, I ain't seen a deer yet. I'm going on, you know. And then you go talk to other people and, you know, they, they could say, I was out there for X number of hours or I was there the whole time, didn't see nothing. Mm-hmm. And, or they ended up seeing something last minute and got something. And then you say, well, I was there for an hour and I just went home. You probably feel a sense of shame or embarrassment. Yeah, regret. I'd say more along the lines of regret just because you're like, man, if I was just toughed it out, you know, yeah, I would have, I would have had, maybe, maybe would have had me a deer, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Be like <laughs> being a musician, trying to learn a song. You can learn a song all the way through, but then you got to practice it and get smooth at it. Or you can 
start learning it, get frustrated, give up, and ten years later you still don't know a single song. Yeah. That's what yeah. I did with guitar. I got frustrated with it and quit. You it. want me to teach you? No, not really. I got a few. I don't have time to play guitar. Hmm. Besides if I'm gonna play a musical interest instrument that's got strings on I've decided on the banjo. I also have a saxophone. You want to learn saxophone? <laughs> we can learn together. Not really. <laughs> I think I'll pass on the saxophone. Mm. I think I'll just stick. I'll play the triangle. The triangle. You could do the banjo. Yeah, I thought I could. And then I started watching videos on it. And it's like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to play the fucking banjo. Sure you could. It's discipline and effort and time. So you could you can't set high expectations of no, it's in a not couple even, months I'm going to get this. It's not even this. that. I'm just kind of being realistic about it because I'm trying to learn more about blacksmithing and stuff. Yeah. While I go along and do stuff, putting your efforts elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. So that's why. If maybe one day I get some more free time, maybe I'll pick one up and practice with it. But as of right now, my my attention is elsewhere. Yeah. Attention. Attention is a big topic of the guy that I got my quote from. Really? He he talks a lot about attention in his books that I have not finished yet. Because it's like a 2,000 page book, two oh, volumes. Is that, that the yeah. most recent one you got? The one that you probably know of, yeah. They got two volumes, real big books. Yeah, but yeah. it's two volumes but four books, right? Or whatever the hell it is. Two two books, two volumes. Oh. One volume, two, yeah. I don't know. It's a big book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's something I can only read a few pages at a time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he talks about attention. You know, you have this whole span of awareness. Like right now, there's a million things in your sight, but your attention is focused pinpointed on one thing and what you give your attention to very much matters to the quality of your life. Kind of like you go in a garden or go out in the woods or something. And one, two people can have completely different experiences. One just focused on weeds the whole time. It's all they saw were weeds and complained. Mm -hmm. The other saw a bunch of flowers and wildlife, tall trees, and it was all there, but their attention, their focus was elsewhere. Huh. Yeah, that's a good, good way of looking at it, really. It's like when you're going camping, some people just bitch about the bugs, and other people are just happy to be outside and hanging out. Yeah. Attention and perception. So, what's but your, his quote, yeah, so yeah. your quote has nothing to do with attention. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. Uh, I mean, kind of. But I, I thought it was very relevant to our topic of today. It's by Ian McGilchrist. Um, the model we choose to use to understand something determines what we find. So it's saying you want to understand X and there could be three different modes or models of understanding it. 
So you're yeah. going to get completely different outcomes. That doesn't mean one's right and the others are wrong. It just means they're different. You're going to get completely different outcomes. Yeah. Okay. I don't, yeah. It's almost like the the different ways of learning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like some people learn better from books. Some people learn better hands on. You know, some people taking a test. You know, they can read the questions. Others got to have the questions read to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everybody comes out with a little bit different perspective on the matter. I mean, I guess the Bible would be a good good one to use for that. The people that study it, look at what it, it's teaching or whatever, it can be interpreted in how many different ways. I mean, how many religions argue on that, you know? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a perfect example. You can look at it and assume, like, you can go in with a scientific model, a scientific mindset or a historical mindset that the way we do history today. Yeah. Because 2,000 years ago, they did history differently. They didn't do it like we did today because they saw and understood the world differently. Yeah. So if you're going at the Bible with a scientific mindset, you're going to read it and go through it and come out with a completely different understanding than somebody that's going at it with an allegorical (laughs) or a moral or metaphorical mindset for sure because i mean you 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 look at it in the way of a scientist they're going to be doing everything to prove these events happen you know or try and find evidence that 100 percent supports that right and it's like was that even the point of it to begin with now the history side of things they're going to be looking at it and they're going to be looking at exaggerations okay so on the aspect of did the walls of Jericho actually fall from marching around it and, you know, or was that just an exaggeration or did they really, did David really kill Goliath with a a sling or was he really nine foot tall? Right. Like the whole creation story. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of deep meaning in the creation story. Even if you're one that say it's taken literally, sure. Okay. You can take it literally, but you can also see the other layers of how deep those three chapters are. Yeah. One is also the old history is full of exaggerations. Yeah. The old, the old writings are full of exaggerations. And, And people knew that like that wasn't the point wasn't precision and, I want the exact numbers. Like they understood, like he went and killed a million people with his bare hand. They didn't actually believe that, but they got the idea of he's a badass. Yeah, like Samson (laughs) and Delilah, you know, Samson killed it, you know, a thousand men with the jawbone of an ass. Yeah. Was it actually that many? Who knows? But it's doubtful, you know. Right. But it gets the message across, it gets the point you're trying to get at. I was like, it's raining cats and dogs out there. Yeah. It's colder than a well digger's ass in January. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <coughs> anyway. Yeah. I thought that that'd be good for our topic today because how you how how we're gonna look at it, there's a bunch of different ways to look at it and understand it. And depending on how you go at it, you're going to get a different view and understanding. Of really? It. That's been the last couple episodes. Yeah. You can look at it. Really, all, all of our episodes, you can look at it from a different aspect. And, and that, 
Well, at least for me personally. Except constitutional republic versus democracy. There's no looking at it different there. That's facts. <laughs> Excuse me. Anyway. <laughs> That's always been my kind of goal is take a step back and look at it a different way. And that doesn't even mean be willing to be wrong, although I think that's good. But you can hold on to what you think's true. But if you can look at it a different way, you'll at least be more understanding and actually be able to have a better conversation. Because then you'll actually know how to have the conversation. Like, oh, I see where you're coming from. Well, this is why I think it's incorrect to look at it from that way. Yeah, You can actually guide the person through where they're at. Mm. I agree. I mean, and that makes sense because our, our topic today, which you guys already know what it is, is police bruta- police brutality or just police state, kind of the whole the whole thing in general. <clears throat> just because we kind of have a middle-of-the-road view on the whole thing. And because this is our topic, we have a very special guest with us, Ice Cube. I believe he wrote a whole song about it. Yeah. What up? Shut up, Cage. Yo, anyway. Sco- okay, <laughs> 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 I'm done. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Anyway. Yeah, let's dig into it. So it's... Pretty much the topic, there's there's a bunch of different things. Like you said, police state, how much authority should police have? What? How far does that go into uh, individual rights? When's that acceptable? D- do police at large uh, directly pinpoint a particular demographic? Or if they don't, but it looks that way, why is that? Yeah. Interesting things to discuss. How do we want to start? Let's let's start with our own personal opinions of what we think the police force in our day and age should do, their role and what that could look like. <laughs> well, I don't know. My way of looking at it is from the is the world is a dangerous place. So I get the whole aspect of being on edge. Okay. But there is also, I think, you know, the whole old expression, power corrupts. Okay. And you're giving these people a small iota of power. It really ain't a whole lot, but it's enough, you know, and some of them take it to an extreme. Get a big ego. Yes. And then, but there are a bunch of them out there that are good. And the only reason I say this is because all my interactions with cops when I've, when it's involved me, have been good. I've been pulled over, I don't know, twice. And the cops let me off for, with a warning. They were very personable. They never once treated me like a criminal. They, you know, were very, <coughs> very nice people to be around now on the other hand i've seen interactions like been in the vehicle with my buddy a couple of buddies and stuff getting pulled over and it's been quite the opposite the officer shows up pulls up and is just being a complete ass 
I've, so, I've had one experience that was like that. So, like, the one, the biggest one I can recall off the top of my head is my buddy was driving me back from the bar, and then he wasn't drinking. He wasn't old enough to drink yet at the time. It wasn't really a bar. It was a bar and restaurant. But anyway, so we were sitting there. I was drinking beer and whatever else. <laughs> we go to leave. Cop pulls, pulls us over for his car exhaust being too loud, saying there's a, a sound ordinance in our town. And I'm like, and he's just being looking at my buddy, like accusing him, asking him, like, do you have any speeding tickets? Do you have any of this? Do you have any of that? And blah, 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 like hounding him. And he's like, no, dude, I don't, I don't have nothing on my record, you know, going on and on. And he's like, well, have a good rest of your night or whatever. And told him to go on. Didn't even write it. Warning, nothing. Just let him go. Now I'm like, dude, I've lived in this town my whole life. And never once have I heard of a fucking sound ordinance. I said, he was out. He was fucking fishing. He was trying to get you for something. He's in bad mood. He's seen a fucking a car. And it was his work beater is the problem. It was a clapped out freaking Ford Taurus that had the exhaust fault rotten off of it. So it was loud. He was out there just trying to fish for stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, that, and that's the part that irritates me, I guess, would be the... Because there is, a, there is an amount of profiling to it, which I'm not saying it's all based on, on bad assumptions, but I, I do think... There's a right way to go about it. Yeah. Like... Hey, I pulled you over because you fit this profile, uh-huh. but you're still, you don't know the, like, if your assumption mm-hmm. is true or not yet. So you're respectful. You do things right. You see it through until you have, yeah. like, you like you assume innocence until mm-hmm. proven guilty. Yeah. Where, and then the other time, another time I was working third shift. And the guy I was riding with, we'd always go to the gas station and get hot food for, for uh, lunch. Two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> We're coming back and <clears throat> get pulled over by a state trooper. He checked your box, but you know why I pulled you over tonight? Well, he's like, no. He's like, your license plate lights out. And he's like, oh, man, I, yeah, I had no idea. And and he, how are you going to know that? <laughs> and then he's shining his flashlight in throughout the cab, you know. What are you boys up to? Where are you going? Like work. Where's work at? Told him where work was at. They were like, and like we worked third shift. He's like, oh. And then his whole attitude changed. And I'm like, you're gonna walk up being a dickhead to the guys going out and getting lunch. Yeah, and he could have asked those exact same questions, but in a yeah. very different tone and attitude, and it probably would have been all right. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. That's and then when I got pulled over on my own, I was speeding. I was. I didn't realize I was tired on the way to work. It was, hey man, where are you heading this morning? I'm like I'm heading to work. He's like, where's Bill? Work? Told him where work was. He's like, all right, I'll be back. And he walked away, came back, giving you a warning. You know, slow down, have a wonderful rest of your day. Off we went. So. That's why I'm on the fence about it. I just think the bad cops get more attention. And I think they should. Yeah. And I think I honestly think they should. Because not only does <laughs> it help bring the actions like, hey, you know, maybe that, that person wasn't doing what they were, were said they were doing, you know. But it also brings to light the fact of it 
hurts the image of that department. So then all them guys are going to be like, hey, you know, I don't want the image that I'm an asshole cop. You know, I've spent my whole career building up an image as I'm a fair and nice guy that tries to help people when I can. I want people to be able to, you know, because that's the big thing. I I know a cop, my town cop right now. (laughs) You build a reputation up. And if you have a good one, people are more likely to come to you for with legitimate problems. Yeah. And more cooperative. Yeah. If they trust you, they're going to cooperate. Where if you're an absolute dickhead, they're not going to. So, you know, it, it's it's one of them things. I, I do think there's something to it. Yeah. And and you got to think, you know, everybody has moods and bad days yeah. or even just part of a day. So you got to think when like uh, I'll, I'll just say this right off the bat. I'm all about. Um, well, thank you. No problem. I'm all about there being more rigorous um acceptance rates to being a police officer oh yeah having, like that, having that, stiffer not, uh, uh requirements yeah like psychological profiling and all this because why would you want to hire someone that say just wants the power wants to feel cool and yeah. wants to win up on everybody to make mm-hmm. himself feel better Cause then he's going to do that anyway, but then especially on his bad days, he's going to overuse his power. It's like, I'm sure there's ways to where you can have some real good, rigorous psychological evaluations of why do you want this job? What's your goal and your, you know, and, and when you get in bad moods and you're, you know, push them to get irritated and mad and pissed off, how do they react? Yeah. And that's that's 100% a, an issue, I think, because you, the running joke in our friend group is if we see a dickhead police officer, it's probably, oh, he was probably picked on in school, and now he's became a cop, and he's thinks he's the biggest, baddest thing out there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there, there does, I do believe there needs to be a, a better vetting process for police officers, because, like I said, they're not all bad. You're never going to be able to vet all of them out, mm-hmm. but you do got to try a little bit harder, you know, because there's the aspect of that, you know, and then there's, you know, just out on the job. And there's also the aspect of domestic violence rates in police officers. Yeah. It's higher, you know, and that's, that, that is what it is. I mean, that's a proven statistic. Yeah. So I what's that say? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you do have a, Something there, and, and I get it. The job is stressful. I mean, you go out and do everything, but that's why you know a, a mental. You're supposed evaluation. to be a professional, yeah. <laughs> but that's why a mental evaluation would be a very good thing, you know. And even do one yearly, you know, just to see how, how things, especially somebody that's been through a traumatic event, like how to use their service weapon, mm-hmm. you know, how to shoot somebody, you know, that that would be a good idea to have just a, a yearly evaluation, you know. Not yeah. so not saying to like necessarily make them stop doing their job, but like to get them the proper help. Yeah, you know, because they're they're human too. At the end of the day, they make mistakes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's kind of what I was thinking when I said you know they got bad days and they get in yeah. moods. Not any different, but any other job, you know, you're you're forced to be professional, especially like customer service. If you yeah. get an attitude. Being in customer service, you're hound on. Oh yeah. 
So like, shouldn't that be even more so if you actually hold power? You would think, <laughs> you would think people would hold you more accountable for your actions. And, and, and I guess what kind of goes along with all this, like kind of leading into it is the aspect of police, all police agencies investigate themselves. You know, so therein lies a problem too. You know, so, oh, we put this officer on leave. Okay. We're going to investigate what he did. Well, who's investigating? Them. Uh, uh, all his, all his coworkers, his chief, you know, this, that, and the other. It's like that, you know, that's definitely a bias. What, what, what agency is it though that goes into other places to do an investigation? What, what like, are they called? Like the FBI? No. Like, say there's some internal thing in the in the FBI. This organization gets sent in to investigate Justice. internal affairs. Maybe. That might be internal it. affairs, because, I don't know, I just TV shows everybody hates them. <laughs> because they're investigating one of their own, so it's supposed yeah. to be unbiased, but then you got money and sellouts. Mm. And... Well, that's the thing, and then everybody around you is, you know, everybody that you're interviewing or whatever is a co-worker of the said person. And if you have a good reputation among your coworkers, guess what they're going to do? They're going to lie. It is what it is. I mean, that that's just the God's honest truth. That happens everywhere. It don't matter what your profession is. You know, like, oh, you know, let's say so-and-so is sleeping in the fucking closet. Yeah. And supervisor walks around. Hey, where's that? Where's he at? Like, oh, last I see him, he said he had to go to take a shit. <laughs> you know, and that was about five minutes ago. Like, oh, Okay. But do that too many times, even the coworkers are going to be like, yeah. hey, you need to get your shit together. Yeah. Or I'm going to stop covering for you. <laughs> exactly. Then it does become a, a peer. But then it also becomes it. in a way of like, how bad is it going to look for you and everybody else? Right. You know, and that's where they, like, I would say police officers kind of get the, uh, <clears throat> that mindset of more of like the cover ups and stuff. Well, and I'm sure there's a, like, for all the good police officers out there, I'm sure there's when when there's a bad one that does something outrageous and it's on the news and it's all like spreading all over. Uh-huh. I'm sure that they're hating that, you know, <laughs> thinking this isn't the majority of us or it isn't us. But now we're getting this image and say you're one of the good ones and you do a basic pullover. And your plan is just to say, hey, you know, put your seatbelt on. But then you get a bunch of shit thrown at you yeah. because they're not being cooperative. They're being rude, disrespectful. And you're like, all I was going to do is tell you to put your seatbelt on. Yeah. But the public has this image. And that, I think that's a problem, not just with this topic, but like everything. Like re- anything, anything political, religious even just personally, like say you're in a relationship with a guy and the guy's a complete asshole. And then the girl goes, all guys are jerks and assholes and vice versa. Guys like, Oh, women are just sluts. They're, they're terrible. And it's just that mindset of just putting a blanket label over everything because of a few incidents. It just isn't logical or rational. No, or right. It's just not a, it's very, it, you're, disillusioned it's just not the truth it's not reality so when it comes to the police and that you know you get obviously the news is going to report anything and all things bad because ratings interesting drama look at the tv shows that are out 
So you get that image and they're like, oh, all police are bad. It's just, it's not logical. It's not rational. And it doesn't help. (coughs) No, it doesn't help at all. But on the end of the day, too, they do kind of do it to themselves because some, because they do kind of just, I don't know how to describe it. They just put off like a fucking douchebag attitude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like most of them do. That, that I will say, is like seems like a majority thing. I, Everybody, you know, most people that are cops, are just kind of see them like, oh, right. Look at me. I'm a cop. Right. You know? Nobody likes that. No. Whether it's a cop or just you walk into a mall and you see a guy walking, strutting around and acting like he's better than Yeah, everybody. got his feathers all fucking fanned out like he's mm-hmm. something. You yeah. Know. Everybody's turned off by that. <laughs> yeah. 100%. But, and, and that kind of, so, um, one thing I wanted to bring up too is kind of about the uh, police state. And this kind of leads into the other topic too. Like, there, there's like, a bunch of people say that police are, are racist in the United States. So, but I kind of want to talk about the police state first before we kind of get into that. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, the police state is a, basically the, what the, and really, I don't have the exact definition, but like a very like kind of summarized way is just a, a state or country, you know, type that is ruled by the government through the power of the police. You know, essentially it is like Nazi Germany in a way. Yeah. Because anybody says something wrong or does this or. You know, or disagrees with this political party, the police are six foot up your ass. And that goes all the way from, like, in our country, having the NSA, the CIA, the FBI, the DEA, the ATF. You know, then your very, your state, uh, state police, your county police, your town police. The surveillance, everything. I mean, it's just, it's a... It's overwhelming. It is. It's very overwhelming. Like, when you really sit down and think about it, like, even the motherfucking post office has a police force. Do they really? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I did not know that. Because fucking with the mail is a federal offense. Yeah. 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 Put the baseball bats away, you know, hitting so, the boxes. <laughs> I mean, now, Grant, this is for, like, bigger things. Like, they find, you know, whatever. But it's like, Really? I mean, why? Why do we? I mean, is and and that goes down a whole rabbit hole with the whole police thing. There is, you know, and like my biggest thing is is the way I look at it: confiscating guns. Okay, people are always like, "Oh, back to blue, this, that, and the other," and you know, and it's like, but they're also like very stern, like two A supporters. It's like, who the fuck do you think's gonna be coming to collect your guns if they outlaw? You know, yeah. like, please swear an oath, yeah, but at the same fucking time, they're also trained in, to do what they're told. So it's going to be a very, it'd be a very conflicting decision to decide, like, well, do I do what I'm told, or do I uphold this oath I took 20 fucking years ago, or right. whatever. And, and depending on how it's being told to you, you can be convinced, you can either be convinced of the reasoning and the goal and the view, yeah, or... You can have too much to lose to yeah, not do it. For sure. Or just 
don't even care about any of those things. You just, I'm going to be the best at my job and do this and it's my duty. And <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be a robot for the government. Right. And, and, Cause it makes you feel good. It's a yeah. sense of, and there's also the as- aspect of privilege. If you look at it in that, that way, you know, being a police officer, you get small amounts of privilege that most people don't get. Even if it's something as stupid as a discount at the donut shop or whatever, you know, <laughs> like there, there is, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's just yeah. a kind of a, a, I guess a stereotypical example, but like you have, a, I don't, and then the ways of like owning different guns, police officers have more, more, uh, rights there when it comes to owning machine guns or whatever, you know? SBRs, short barreled shotguns, whatever. So it's like, what what's the thing there? And like we said before, we don't think their vetting process is very well, you mm-hmm. know. So, I don't know. That that's yeah. kind of my thing with it. Well, and it's like, how how do you get into a position of having a police state? Are you? Is it is it a combination of like the people wanting it because they feel unsafe? And so it's worked in there that, Hey, this is for the better and I'm willing to give up rights for this sense of security or is it a political thing where it's just forced upon you? Uh, But I feel like the former is much smoother and much more efficient and long-term. Well, yeah, you can't, you can't really forcing it upon them. Ain't going to last long. You're, you're not going to get a whole lot of success with that. Cause I, was, I think that was my quote last week by Thomas Jefferson or, or a couple weeks ago was about more liberties been taken by. Yeah. I'm right here last week, James Madison. I believe there are more instances of abridgment of freedom of the people by gradual and silent encroachments by those in power than by violent and sudden usurpations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's got to happen generationally. I mean, it really does. It's got to be a slow thing that happens over time. Which means there's a group of people generationally that have had a goal for decades and decades, and they're slowly implementing the plan. Yeah, exactly. And and just with modern times, with the technology we have, it gets easier. I mean, they track you through your phones. They can track you through your use of your debit card, your credit card, you know, there's however many fucking million surveillance cameras out there, you know, even just the old reliable propaganda and misinformation. Cause you know, you, we go back to like talking about like our school systems and how people are taught is nobody's taught to be rational, logical, think critically and think on more than just one side of an argument and so propaganda you're just going on facebook to check stuff out and there's all this shit popping up about this and that and it's in your head and you don't really care to think much about it so that's just what you believe and think well and and, then that brings up a good thing going on like facebook or something social media they track they can get on your social media and use that as evidence they use that for job interviews yeah but what that's what I'm getting at. They can use social media posts and shit like that for for evidence against you or for you, whichever way it decides to go. Yeah. You know, just because you posted something on Facebook about, oh, I think we should close the border, and then you get in a bar fight with 
somebody that, you know, and they could be like, oh, well, you, it was racially motivated because right. you said this. Or not understanding, well, why do you think you should close the border? It has nothing to do with the race. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's, it's um, things like that that make, make police officers and stuff really, really have a bad name. And uh, I mean, in a way, they, it should because it's just small ignorance shit and it doesn't, it isn't getting any better. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think the only way to, fix this particular issue is actually have some real changes yeah that makes everybody happy like i forget how you put it the correct way but like a more strenuous strenuous application process oh yeah a higher uh, more vetting right so like that would make all sides happy and okay with and implementing things like that that are actually going to make a difference and then implementing ways of changing how the public perceives you so you do things differently you're forced to interact like you're trained to interact differently and no you can't walk around all high and mighty in this you're there as a public servant yeah if you're if you're putting off a a really (laughs) like high and mighty and like don't bug me kind of attitude people ain't gonna come up to you yeah i think it, it, it the only way is to actually do implement things that are going to change, but just as importantly, perception has to change. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, it's, I don't... But we, we, we could start getting into, uh, what you said earlier, we'd get into of crimes and statistics and rates yeah. and all the different ways of reading and understanding that material. That's the thing with statistics. Mm. Okay, the statistics accurate, but... In what context? What, yeah, in what context? Because you could interpret that in so many different ways. That's when, like with my quote today, you go <laughs> at it with a certain mindset, that's how you're going to read and interpret it, but that yeah. may not be true at all. And But before we get right into that, we'll apologize for the distractions today. We have a guest, a real guest. Yeah, a dog. Winifred. Winnie, nice golden retriever, decided to join us. She was whining outside the door. She's in heat. Poor little girl. Now she won't leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. She's all right. So. Yeah, anyway. Back to what... Uh, what we were touching on when it comes to statistics. Okay, so... Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was looking at... Uh, so one one statistic I was looking at, and I think me and him, but me and you both looked up the, the same one because that was kind of the first one that popped to mind was when we thought about this was <clears throat> the numbers of deaths of people who were shot by police officers. Mm-hmm. So, and we kind of wanted to see the the racial breakdown of of it just because that seems to be the big topic of the the whole argument when it comes to police brutality is right the, the big thing is the the black communities are or yeah being they're being treated unjustly yeah they're being uh damn it what's the word um whatever um they're pointed out. Yeah, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah. yeah, I know the word, but um, I can't think of it at the moment. But yeah, they're being targeted. They're being 
Yeah, there it is. Targeted. Yeah. It's perfect. So now when I first looked it up, I thought that, that was kind of didn't make sense. And now the reason why I was, I just looked up the, the straight numbers, <laughs> the, the straight numbers of it. So like if we look at 2023, for instance, okay. In 2023, there were a total of 1160 deaths by police shootings. Okay. Well, 412 were white, 224 were black, and 114 were Hispanic, 26 were other, and 384 were unknown. Which, I don't see how they're unknown, but okay. <laughs> but, okay. but, you know, just looking at that in general, you know, I'm like, well, you know, showing whites are killed twice as often. I'm like, how does that make sense? And it was you that that brought it up about per capita or per million people or however they look at it. Right. You got X amount <coughs> of like percentage. You got, you got to ratio it out. You know, yeah. if you got like you're, you're, if you're picking out of a jelly bean jar and there's a hundred jelly beans, but there's only six black ones in there. And every time you end up picking out a black one, that's a little suspicious. Yeah. So I think that's that's where that comes from. Is yeah. How's that level out? Well, no, I agree. <clears throat> so on the same token, we pulled up and we found a uh, the statistics on the fatal shootings by ethnicity per one per million of the population per year, mm-hmm. and it shows that in the black community, it's five point nine. Per million people are shot by police. Hispanics are 2.5 per million. Whites are 2.3 and others are 0.9. So from that aspect, if you ratio it out to the population accordingly, then yes, black people are have a higher rate of being shot and in violent encounters with the police. Right, considering they're only 13 so percent yeah, of the population. Of- 15% or whatever it is now. But, well, we're, I was going to turn it around to the actual murder arrests, like those actually committing crimes. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Because of the, so this this is just from 2017. I got some more recent stuff. But in 2017, there was 9,400 murder arrests. 53.5% were black. And that was just murder arrests? Right. That was just murder. So if blacks make up 13 so percent, but 53% of murder arrests were black, that's saying this smaller community is doing the majority of murders. Yeah. So it's like, okay, what, what does that say? Yeah, it, I it mean, starts it, to spin it around. Are they really being pinpointed and picked out? Or is there a reason? Yeah. Yeah, and then that's a that's a valid question. I mean, is it... I mean, it's one of them subjects that's it's very, very touchy. Because, like, it can, be, it can be spun around different ways. So, like, for me, it, you could look... I would say looking at it, it was like, you know, like I said, you could see it being a target. You know, okay, yeah, yeah, they're a targeted group. Because they're three times more likely to be shot and killed by police but then when you look at the fact of 
and you break it down according to their population, they commit 50-some percent of the violent crime in the United States. That kind of explains why the ratio is so... Right, that's why it's, it's so, so different. different. Now, now, what I would be curious about is what's the percentage of, of that that were white? It's just to see if it correlates. Um, let's see. I don't know. Oh. Has 20.8% 20. 20. were Hispanic. There. I, I'll just pull this up right away. But okay. but before I get into that, well, yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and do this. So this is 2016 uh, on the FBI's website. Okay. So this is for murder and non-negilent, I can't talk, uh, manslaughter. And it has percentage here. So when it comes to murder and manslaughter, whites are 44.7%. Black or African American, 52.6%. So it's, it's when not you ratio far. it, but when you ratio it out by population, that's the, drastic. That's saying the majority of uh, black or African Americans are more likely to commit crime than, like, if you had a hundred black or African Americans and you had a hundred white, statistically speaking, it's most likely that the black or African American community is going to commit that the whatever crimes and whatever. Yeah, because being only thirteen percent, but raising up to 52.6 all across the country. Yeah. That's, that's weird. Mm. Like what's that about now? Another way to look at it though, playing, well, not, not I, really playing devil's advocate, well, but and, just, and I, I wanted to pull the, I wanted to say this real quick, just to get, kind of get people like a, an idea mm -hmm. there. Uh, the white, alone not hispanic or latino percentage of the population in the united states is roughly 60 percent group in some other groups they say it can be as yeah right here 61 white alone is 61.6 percent as of the 2020 census so you got 60 percent of the populations versus 13 percent of the population and that 13% is committing over half the amount of crimes. Yes. That makes you stop and wonder. Now, that's just a statistic, <clears throat> facts, whatever. And there's two things I want to bring up with that. One, an argument could be that's because the police are targeting those people and focusing on that. But if they would turn that attention to the white community, those statistics would drastically change. Mm -hmm. Hey, fair argument. Fair argument. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I can't, I'm not in that world to see what they're being told to do mm -hmm. or what each individual cop, are they racist and they are focusing on the community and that's why the statistics are that high. But if they would split that in half and focus on the white, the statistics would drastically change. 
Maybe. Yeah, who knows? But also, it's in my opinion, it's not it's not a race thing. It's it it'd be a culture thing or a community thing. I mean, it has nothing. To, I mean, in a way, you could say it yeah. has to do with race because uh, we have black skin, we have white skin, so we're gonna stick together, and you have your own culture and community. Yeah. Okay, but the main thing is it's your own culture and your own community. Uh-huh. That's the thing. It has nothing to do with skin color. It's not like because I'm this skin color, you know, whatever it is in my body chemically that makes me this color genetically makes me commit crimes. That makes no sense. No. It's a culture and a community thing. And that's the same with white. If you're brought up in a neighborhood with your family or your friends that commit crimes, you are most likely going to do the same thing. Oh, yeah. I was, and I was fixing to bring that up because they're, you know, you go to there's plenty of communities that are majority white that have very high crime rates yeah and so that like i said you like i'm agreeing with you and the fact the argument can be made if maybe not as much attention is getting paid to those areas so that how would that affect the statistics and the ratios and everything like that when it comes to that that sort of information yeah and that's the thing with statistics is if, if it's, it's if it's racially motivated I guess right. I, should, I should add that in if it's if it's racially motivated. Right. And and that so there's two ways to go about that. You know, the fork in the road is let's say it is racially motivated. Yeah. It's like, okay, well then we can't trust these statistics because they're not accurate. Yeah. If you if the police force went about things fairly and equally. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that that's one route. Okay, it's the police force that had needs to change. Or if you're to assume it's not racially motivated, then you have to look at these communities and be like, why are these communities this way? Is it because they're poor and they're led to that? And there's this history and this chain that needs to be broken. And then you could go back in history of like, well, you know, there's the American slaves and that's why there's poor communities. And it took how many decades to even be able to have jobs and be treated equally. And that's why these need to go up. Hey, that makes sense to me. So that, that just tells me, okay, then something needs to be done in these communities to where there's like, like education and, um, Mm -hmm. putting in changing a perception of, Hey, there are different roads and routes. I do think that that would be an excellent help. And in all high crime rate, areas i said i don't nothing to do with race it's the community i don't think a handout is what will fix things i think what would fix is like you were saying about better more access to education so you know give give the kids free education with a free with free meals okay obviously if they're an impoverished high crime area they might not be able to afford breakfast and lunch if you can at least give the kids breakfast breakfast and lunch for free you know that helps out a lot you know, and then that helps them with their education because they're not focused on an empty stomach. Right, and they're not worried about all that. Yeah, and they're not, you know, they're not going to be as likely to try and steal something or whatever on the way home. And that's any race. That's just, yeah. we're just talking Yeah, we're, we're not talking about, because it, rural Appalachia, it happens a lot too, and that's mainly, that's poor whites. Mm-hmm. And they, they're, it's a higher crime area there too. And, and I think, now, I, I have no idea what it's like to be in the mind of somebody and, no. A, commu- a culture and community like that where 
from like age 10, you're pretty much assumed that you're going to be in this gang or whatever that assumed you're going to be poor and you're going to have to do these things. So a big part of it would be along with say education would be changing the perception that, Hey, there are other things to do and there is hope and like, you can do it. Uh You just have to realize and believe there are other options. Yeah. I mean, my favorite example I like to see use is Ben Carson. Yeah. He grew up poor, his but his mother made sure he went to the lot had a library card and went to the library and read books. And he's some neurosurgeon or whatever the hell he is, heart yeah. surgeon. Neurosurgeon, brain surgeon. Yeah, and was running to be president. I'm like, that that's amazing. I mean, that's honestly it's an amazing story when you can have people like that that pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Yeah, had had and that that's a big perception thing from his mom was he was given that as an option like hey you can do these things and then there's that belief and then you're like okay now that you have that belief and self-confidence in yourself and granted it'd probably be more effort for that person than it would be for another community with a lot of given privilege right you're in a Mm -hmm. you're with a rich family and you can do anything you know, sure, I'll go read these books. Hell, I'll hire a personal trainer that's going to come teach me these things. Yeah. A lot easier. And that's just, I mean, life's not fair and that's shitty. But yeah. to be realistic, it's if more and more people within these communities, whatever race, bite that bullet and go down in history as they were the first to really struggle and change break that chain and change course now that whole community is different yeah and then they don't have to struggle so much yeah make leaving better better for your kids and your grandkids but yeah and it, i don't know it's one of them things like i said like we've been the whole seems to be the theme of the episode is just how how different ways of looking through it get, get you different results yeah, and and like I like me and Gage said, we're not one sided on this at all. We we see it from both ends here, you know. It is a complicated <laughs> it issue is, very because complicated. It's, there's, it's there's not so black many and, faucets. Yeah, it's not black and white. It's a lot of gray. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a. It's one of them things you will just never. I don't know. Until something drastic happens, we'll never know what works. Yeah. You know. Or maybe we do, but there's no help in funding people. Maybe there is a conspiracy of people deliberately suppressing that info of what actually changes things because they don't want it to change. I I wouldn't fucking doubt that for a minute. So I don't know. I feel I feel like for both people, both both extremes Mm. on this we we'd come to understand but we would both we'd be telling both sides like think about this for a second yeah <laughs> but yeah well i guess we'll uh do, do your song right we're, yeah. we're about out of time yeah, about out of time well uh, my song recommendation is talking to hank by mark chestnut and it's uh features george jones in it too mine's uh Get loose with me. I love McConan. That's it, folks. Yeah, that's a wrap.
hopefully this episode helped you think about things and realize there's different ways of going about it, different angles to attack it. Absolutely. And hopefully uh, y'all have a wonderful week. Mm. We'll see you next time. Yep. Take care.